Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds, and interview others in the antiques and auction trade, and if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Oh no, it's because you said last and final offer and then went, oh, all right, 10. It wasn't consistent as well. We've started the podcast because Simon and I are still having a row that started on the uh, rostrum. Yeah, but if you say final offer, £20, and then I put that in and then you go, all right, 10, makes me look like a twit. So that row apart, um, it's, we've just come off the rostrum. I it's do apologise. That's called an ROR. R O R R O R Row on Rostrum. Okay, it's been a good good auction though. Hello, Harry. How are you? <laughs> Simon and I have spent too much time with each other this week. <laughs> Way too long. I think this is what we would say to that. Um, right then, we've done an auction already, and we've done a proper auction today. There's a lady with a fantastic find today. Oh, the vases, the ewers. Ewers. Ottoman Revival Ewers. Ottoman Revival. And where did she get them from? Found at a charity shop for a fiver. (gasps) And how much did they make? Just over £300. Not bad going, I would suggest. Very happy lady. I would hope so. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, very happy lady. Um, So that'd be good. Um, So they were quite fun. A few other bits and pieces today that went sold quite well. Um, but nothing as good as digging something up in a charity shop, which we should all be doing. Never happens to me. Never find anything. I can't imagine you spend that much time in charity shops. I'm all over it because I'm trying to find things. No, I'm never going to a charity shop. That's not because I don't want to, but because I'm too busy doing other things. Well, that's just good today. <laughs> I think it's worth telling everybody we're all a little bit tired and emotional. It's been, <laughs> it's been a bit of a crazy week. I know we banged on very positively about the RNLI auction. It proper properly did us in. <laughs> and then that was on the Wednesday. Then we needed to publish two auctions for this weekend. Then we've been on the rostrum today, today being Friday. I've driven up this morning. Harry drove back. We've got another auction tomorrow. Then we've got another auction on Monday. It's not boding well. Even the jelly babies don't seem to be taking the edge off of... I mean, that's not the jelly baby's fault. That's probably the lack of volume. We should probably double our intake <laughs> as we're trying to do a sponsorship deal with Maynard's. <laughs> do you think that'll help? Um, no, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure my um, doctors will probably have something to say about it. Uh, yeah, we are all a bit tired, but uh, let's face it, we haven't really got... You know, it's not the most demanding of no, jobs. It's, we're not we're saving not, lives. No. We're not the NHS. Nobody died. Right, so Green Ewers did well. Um, you had a question from somebody. They wanted to know about opium pillows. Is that right? Yeah. So today we sold a number of lots that were described as Chinese opium pillows. And the question that came in was, what on earth are they, Harry? So 19th century opium dents when it was legal to smoke Opium. Then were the days. Then were the days, apparently. Um, you get a little ceramic pillow and it is hollow in one end. They're usually, other the ones we were selling today, quite nicely decorated. Beautifully decorated. Beautifully quite, decorated. Quite nice lovely things. Word. Beautifully decorated. 
and um, the chap who was working in China collected these um, over a period of his posting, I think. And they're hollow in one end and you put your valuables in the open end mm-hmm. and then you put the open end against the wall. Yeah. You then smoke your opium in the opium pipe. Yeah. Of which I think there are opium pipes in tomorrow's sale. I think there probably are. Little clay pipes for no, smoking. No, these are metal ones. Oh, they're metal, metal ones. Oh, yes, metal. we've had yeah, metal yeah, yeah, ones yeah, before, yeah. yeah. And they're so quite think, ornate and beautiful. Yeah, I think there's a couple of those somewhere. And We're not advocating the use of opioids. No, somebody asked the question. And then you would smoke your opium, mm-hmm. which apparently makes you sort of zone out and crash quite heavily. And then you lie your head on your ceramic pillow, which you ignore the fact that it's not fluffy and made of Yeah, I was going to say, it's not exactly duck down from what I saw. (laughs) So you then rest your head. So these things are like the size of if you put sort of two house bricks together. If that. If that. Bit smaller. Smaller. But hollow. So you put your valuables in there. You know, your iPhone, your <laughs> credit cards. Very, very 19th century, though. Very yeah. 19th century. Yeah. So you put your... Valuables in, put the hollow bit again, the opening against the wall, mm-hmm. and then you crash out. And then you smoke your little pipe, and then you have a little nappy nap, and hopefully some sweet dreams. Sherlock and, Holmes. And what? Sherlock Holmes famously meant to be his character as a... Sherlock Holmes opium is user. a smackhead. I don't think we use that terminology anymore, but an opium user. It was legal in those days. That was the opium wars and all the rest of it. If you want to Googles. So that was really interesting. And they are actually very, I mean, I don't think we were selling them specifically for that usage today, although it's and not I can of our tell business. You the gentleman who collect, collected them, definitely not that way. Okay, kind. definitely not. <laughs> uh, definitely not that I way. Mean, kind. Just very, he was really into, you know, quite a lot of Chinese ceramics, and he was all about the collecting the, uh, he liked the artistry and all that sort but of But if you like the Chinese ceramics, these are actually worth looking up because they are. And also, some of them, it's good beautiful. entry level as well. If you're, they're not all not, terribly expensive, not but you get hugely expensive. bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could smoke your vape and have a little nappy nap on the opium pillow. I haven't smoked in years. I, I don't understand the idea of vaping. I don't really understand that either. Uh, we have been trying to bring back smoking. Yeah, because it would help sell the blinking smoking <laughs> paraphernalia that we, we, ha- we, we get. Plenty of smoking paraphernalia. And when you get a beautiful White Friars glass ashtray, it's disappointing that it doesn't sell because everybody's puffing away on their vapes and thinks, what am I going to do with that? It's all those silver cigarette boxes and Vesta cases. Oh, Vesta cases, cigarette yeah. boxes. That was a better time for smoking, wasn't it? There was a better time for smoking. So opium pillows. That's what we learned about today. And they did rather well, didn't they? They did well. Although, can I just say that my favourite portion of the sale was when we asked will our lovely will if he'd make us a cup of tea because we're a bit prima donna-ish and we'd done a hundred lots nobody had offered us tea um so we had a little stampy foot moment and can said, i just can i just point out that a hundred lots is an hour's work <laughs> it's, <not exactly. laughs> it's an hour's work we managed work. we'd managed an hour's yeah, we've done work, hour. which was basically sitting down and chatting um and so we asked uh will bless him will is we've done a hundred lots any chance of a cup of tea up here that'd be lovely 10 minutes later he was still there in front of the cabinets. So we may have got a tad more petulant and said, well, why aren't you making us a cup of tea? And he replied, and I quote, I'm waiting for Ray to relieve me. (laughs) 
The Ray is, the... Ray is one of the gentlemen. He's uh, one of the foremen who runs our clearance teams. So we did suggest watering on auction. Yeah, we did suggest as he walked away that he might want to rephrase that. And like the genius he is, he came back and said, "It's all right. Graham's covered me." Oh dear. Because my sense of humour is the way it is. That was my favourite part of the auction. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah, the customers will be over the moon by the fact that the high point of today wasn't <laughs> making money for the customers. It was the fact that young Will is a bit Genius. Tough. He's a yeah. bit tough. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was a particularly fine highlight of today's auction. I've got... You're I'm just a, glossing over that, aren't you? Uh, well, no, I'm not glossing over it at all. I've laughed at it and I laughed at it at the time. But I don't know where to go with it and keep it vaguely PG. <laughs> so I'm not sure how to deal with it. <laughs> We've been asked to deal with uh, or discuss one of the hotter topics in the land of auctions. And it's got nothing to do, weirdly, with the items we sell, as in their value and all that sort of stuff. It's postage. Oh, this sounds like fun. Well, one would normally say it's a pretty dry topic. I it? would suggest it might be. Yeah. However, people get quite irate about how much postage costs. And I don't think they realise that we don't set the figures. There's a man in a big red van. Or similar. Or similar. Who sort of sets the actual cost. But then there is the time of packing it, the materials to pack it, boxes and things of that ilk. We're not setting up a dispatch company. We're not, that's not what we want to do. Auction houses do want to get the item to you safely. And sometimes we're not the solution. We will suggest an outside shipper, particularly for art and incredibly delicate China. Glass, China. That sort of stuff. And they're professional packing companies that we'll put you in the right direction of. But you've got to remember, it's, it's expensive to do. And it takes time. To do it properly. Yeah. Because we've all made mistakes as auction houses thinking, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll pack that up. I'll ship that. And it arrives in pieces. And despite the fact you've provided a more cost-effective service than the competition, it doesn't really work if everything turns up in pieces, does it? So this is one of the quotes that a member of our team came back with us that we get most on the phone when people ask us for shipping. Can you make it as cheap as possible when you pack it, but you must not let it break? I'll be really (laughs) upset. I want it dirt cheap, but I want it done really, really well. Yeah. I believe there's a conflict of interest there. Uh, quite possibly. And the other quote was because they'd just been shouted at by somebody who was particularly unpleasant about the cost of, I think we added £5 to the cost of the actual postage to cover the box, time and all the rest of it, which I think is pretty reasonable. But a member of our team said, I didn't go out to set up a post office when I started this career. I'm just getting on with selling antiques and learning my trade. And I was like, that's very true. But yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? But yeah, postage. But loads of people whinge about it online, that sort of stuff. We do our best and most auction houses do their best. I think there are some who have dedicated teams. And I imagine that's more more costly because you've got to have wages and all the rest of it. We are existing team, our packers and shippers and everybody, we all work together. So we all get involved in help. And I think that's very much the case. Um, but there you go. I think down where we are in Devon, one of the frustrating things is because we are further away, we get a lot of requests for packaging. And the one that baffles me most is when they ask for, they bought a, I don't know what it is, a China tea service, you know, and it's a part tea service. It's not a particularly good one. They live in somewhere up north, somewhere in London. They've paid 
£15 for the tea service. It's 30 pieces. It all needs to be individually wrapped. We come back with a quote of £18. And they said, well, that's nearly as much as the item. Well, that's not really the point. I'm with the, you. That's the, exactly the, right. And that, that makes no sense as an argument. Otherwise, you'd be saying, right, well, if I'm shipping you a Rembrandt for £2 million, then the postage should be £1 million if it's 50% of it. No, no, no. You're not going to pay £1 million to ship a £2 million Rembrandt. But equally, if you buy a tea service really cheaply and there's 30 bits in it, don't be surprised if you've paid buttons for it if the postage is as much, if not more, than the item itself, because the two are not related. I knew if I lit the touch paper, we could get Simon on a bit of a rant. <laughs> He's been ranting about a lot of things today. It's been a very ranty week. <laughs> we get it. We, I knew I'd get him in the end. I knew I'd get him in the end. I've nearly achieved it. Um, okay, so we've done postage. Oh, is there a list of these? I uh, know. I've got yeah. I've got another query. Another question from somebody else. Another person. Auction houses are scary. What happens if I bid and don't want it? Well, that how do you deal with how do you, yeah all right maybe tough but buyer's remorse how do we deal with buyer's remorse you got any clever ways of doing it yeah you pay for it <laughs> and no, then and then no, if no, we're no. feeling very generous we might put it in the next auction and sell it on your behalf you may make a profit you may make a small loss but you'll have got out of jail I think I'm not we, really I think we, no, I think we were looking for more bit. I think we were look, I think the individual who asked this question of us is probably asking for so a bit of pre-planning. That's what we suggest. What they've got really to think about what you want when you're looking at the catalogue. Really think it through. What Buyers they have to understand. Thing, but what, if you buy it, you own it. What they have to understand, and this is, if it was owned by us, and uh, a nice person came in and said, "I didn't mean to buy it, or I wish I hadn't bought it." We'd say, there's your money back. We'll take it back and we'll sell it again next month. The issue for, unfortunately, an auction house is we don't own these items. And therefore, if the client has watched it online, which they can do from anywhere in the world, send that item Oh, sell, nicely slipped in there. Love that. Anywhere worldwide. in the world. You can anywhere bid in the from world. almost anywhere in the world currently. You can watch or <laughs> bid from anywhere. Not Russia. Anywhere in the world. Now, if they've seen that item sell, for £100, and then we turn around and say, actually, we gave the client their money back, it didn't sell, we get ourselves into a whole load of hot water. Are you just desperately trying to send me on a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, I've got, a list of, of I've got a list of questions from listeners here, or people... Listeners? Uh, yeah, or someone that hates me? Podcast listeners. Well, maybe they've decided that you as the alpha male, we should just give you a poke every now and again. Um, so my suggestion is have a plan. What's the max you want to pay? Then you can relax and have fun with the whole thing. And um, if you try Tesco's, no, if you're gonna relax, no. See, this is Simon's, yeah, ranty day, right? So you have a plan when you see when you get a bid on something. Don't overbid, much as we want you to, because it's good for us. Don't overbid. But sometimes you'll have people, and this has happened a lot, who've misbid or bid on the wrong thing or got carried away. And um, they end up with something that's much cooler than what they actually wanted or something, you know, different that they never knew they needed, but end up loving. Don't you think? Like a taxidermy owl. Yeah, I, could go, I, I would have gone necessarily. I don't know that I've necessarily gone straight to taxidermy, but yeah, there is that. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got um, somebody bought a parrot off us recently and thought I've they got, were bidding on a dinner service. <laughs> I've, got, I've got down in Devon for Monday a taxidermy seagull. Yeah. As we're, on the, as, as we're on the coast, the damn things sit on top of the auction house during the auction. They, they clump around on top of the auction house. Why on earth would you want a stuffed one? 
Well, maybe it's just to make sure that you know that, you know. I've got a theory. I've got a theory that that seagull that's currently stuffed in a box is the one that nicked his jam sandwich. What jam sandwich? They're famous for it down in Lyme Regis. They will attack you and steal your picnic or your chips or your ice cream. They're vicious. So I reckon that that seagull picked on the wrong taxidermy guy, pinched his jam sandwich and got stuffed. I've got no words, Simon. It's gone down a very dark, mate. It's gone down a very dark lane there. I've got I was seagull. asking you, I was asking you about how auction houses are scary, which they're not scary, by the way, everybody. They're the least scary places on the planet because it's just a lot of people enjoying themselves, buying and selling items, recycling and all the rest of it. Um, but I do understand buyer's remorse. Uh, the bottom line is it's yours. You bought it. The hammer's gone down. But you can pre-plan so that you won't get yourself into trouble that way. Leave commission bids. Leave commission bids. Leave commission bids. Don't bid. No, but there's where's the? There's a lot more fun in bidding live, either online or the in the room. In the rooms for that. Are we saying that it that people have? Because if somebody in the room bids on something, and then goes, oh no no no, I thought it was that we'll we'll t- we'll back that bid out, won't we? Yeah. We always do. Yeah. But if they're saying, I overpaid for it on the day because I got excited, there's not a lot I can do about that. Emma wants me to bring up, but basically she just wants to shame the people she works with here at Windsor Auctions, is that the collections team have developed a, I think fetish is probably the only word, for fetish. wheelie bins. And oh. so when we're clearing houses and all the rest of it, they keep coming back with wheelie bins. Yeah. Which aren't ours. No, they belong to the council. So they need to be, so we have to keep sending them back. But they keep collecting. Otherwise, it's theft. Yeah, they keep collecting wheelie bins. They're very handy in the use they of clearances. They are amazingly handy in the use of clearances. And we have had the same problem in Devon. Yeah, but we, we ended up with a, we're going to end up having some sort of council amnesty. Yeah. Where we have to return, we've, well, we've returned quite a few. <laughs> you don't, what a strange business where we want to talk about how amazing. No, I think because everybody in the office um, listens to the podcast. <laughs> God knows why, because frankly, they listen to the two of us day in, day out in any case. But because the teams listen, um, I think she's just trying to make sure that we... Oh, so this is a shout shame. out? Yeah. Graham. Possibly. If you can hear whistling in the background, the reason why we've used his name is that he's forgotten we're recording and he's whistling all the way around the auction <laughs> house. We've tucked ourselves in a corner, but he's decided to give us a backing track. <laughs> Postal. Okay, so let's let's just... Cut to the chase. Stop stealing the wheelie bins. Yeah, exactly. Right. Fair right. enough. Exactly. Stop it. Stop and and that, that has come directly from Emma. Who's our boss? Don't shoot the messengers. Who's our boss? Who's the boss? She is our boss. because well, She's my well, boss she's... in many ways because I'm married well, to we her. We both know that Susie <laughs> and Emma are the bosses of this show. Because... They're our respective wives who yeah. both work for the business. Because we should not be left unmanaged at any time. Okay. What else you got? What else have I got? What else you got? Well, um, right. What are, the, what, are, what are the content have you created this week? I mean, I know you've made me drive around the <laughs> drive through three counties to stand in a shed, but other than that, well, we although got- to be fair, to oh. be fair, my trip to Lyme Regis, although we raised good money for the RNLI, I did get a stick of rock. As you a did. Gift. Charlie got good. you a stick of rock. Yeah. Well, when kids, I say Charlie got it, he took your money. One of the kids got me a stick of rock with my money, which is good. Mm. Uh, and bought, um, yeah, I love the seaside. The seaside is a special place in the United Kingdom because um, he then bought his mother a Prosecco flavoured <laughs> stick of rock. <laughs> he knows his we mother. We talk about knowing your mummy. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he did actually say about an hour after you'd left, 
Do you think Harry's finished that stick of rock by now? To which uh, the entire ensemble from <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, that would be gone. He's probably in some kind I of... Have to say, I have to say, I, I got... Um, so we're in Lime Ridge, so coming up there 303, for those of you who want to do geography. And I got to Stonehenge and I was slightly peaky and a little bit tired, having had to behave uh, like a performing seal to drum up a few beats and be my, my slightly, you don't hear it on the, on the podcast, but it's slightly more sort of energetic and humorous self. And um, I ended, so that's when I cracked it open to, for a sugar rush to get me home. But yeah, there's no, you can rest assured there's none of it left. I know I've got to tell you. Yeah. The, do you remember, it may the, not have been the, the last podcast. Of the people of Brands no, still aren't they're not talking to, to me. People, the good people, <laughs> the lovely, good, charming, beautiful people of Branscombe are not talking to me anymore. It's a shame. Go on, what do you need to tell me I've distracted you now? A couple of podcasts ago, I talked about us clearing a Victorian country house. Yes. And the oil painting that was unsigned, yeah. but had a plaque on it and was from, I think I said a Dutch painter. Mm. And we know that he lives 1625 to 16, so it's 17th century. That is up online for next Monday sale. And this is where it gets exciting. So don't get me wrong, we've no idea on Monday, it may flop, it may fly, but early indications are, so for example, we have had an inquiry from a very charming man from, what's the big university in America? Harvard. What's the other one? I don't know. Oh no, it might be Harvard. From Harvard. A professor. MIT. Might be Harvard. Begins with S. UCLA? UCLA is another one, yeah. Is that a big one? Yeah. I think it's UCLA. Anyway, a professor from America has emailed an inquiry with asking for loads of details about the painting, bit of provenance, also wants to know, can we shine UV lights at it, take pictures of it, Quite send right. it over? So from our perspective, as I say, we don't know on Monday how it will do, but it gets quite exciting in the build up to an auction when you publish that auction, when something that you've done a lot of work on and some research on, I've fallen slightly in love with the painting as well, because it really is quite atmospheric and beautiful. We'll have to put a picture on Instagram. By the way, the petition hasn't worked, people, because I'm still not allowed access to it. Instagram, I mean. <laughs> Just putting it out there. You are allowed it. No, you I'm are not. Allowed access, but we've just got to work out some sort of way of uh, filtering and editing you before it goes live. So the interesting thing is that we are getting inquiries about this painting from around the world, from, quite frankly, very much more knowledgeable people than ourselves who are taking a very keen interest in the painting. And so that's how the sort of build up with some of these lots happens as we get from lotting up to researching, to publishing the catalogue, to then watching the catalogue over four or five days, seeing who's how many people are looking at what, who's inquiring about which lots. And then subsequently, we'll update you as to how that painting does on Monday. It might cheer up to Simon's uh, July. If it buys me a boat, <laughs> I'll be very, very cheerful for months. I've got one for you. I forgot to tell you all about it. Go on. So it's in the things that you uncover at a house. I am looking at bringing to market in August or September the dress 
worn by Jill St. John in Diamonds Are Forever, the Bond movie. Wow, okay. I am showing Simon a picture of Jill St. John wearing it. Wow, that is... That is a picture of the current owner wearing it. Oh, wow. And that is the picture of her daughter wearing it, who is the lead singer of St. Etienne. Ah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That is a beautiful dress. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Uh, By the way, beautifully modelled by all three ladies. Absolutely right. Fantastic. So, yeah, we're dealing with that. Do you know, that is something we do not get down in Devon. You get so much being, I suppose, is it Paramount that's up the road, the studio? No, now we've got um, Netflix are over in Shepparton. Amazon, I think, are in Bray or have been in Bray. And we've got... um, What's the studios, though? Various studios dotted all over the place. And I know yeah. you keep saying Paramount. It's not Paramount. But it's not Paramount. And my no. mind's gone blank. Uh, yeah, we do get an awful lot of... So um, you get a huge amount in Windsor of that sort of, of the paraphernalia from... Film memorabilia. F- the what now? Film memorabilia. Film memorabilia. Far too many M's. I sound like I've had some kind of episode now, thank you. But you, you have had, we have had some fantastic stuff. Some, you know, signed artwork, rushes... Um, all sorts. Actually, do you know what? That reminds me. Last week, I actually did go to look at a clearance. Really lovely gentleman. Went outside and looked at the shed. And all across the top of his shed, he had the clapperboards. Yeah. With the films that he had worked on. And I was like, here we go. This is brilliant. I'm going to get Harry back. I'm going to have all these clapperboards. And I said, um, so... Did you hear that, everybody? That's the competitiveness of two auctioneers. Because Harry it's gets all a one huge, team. We're all working yeah, together. We are all one team, but, you know, only one can win. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I, he was trying to tell me, you've got to clear this bit, clear this bit, and that can go to auction. And then he turned around and realised I was not paying attention at all, just looking at the clapperboards. I said, what, what, what are these? And, oh, yeah, I worked on that film, that film. There's the date. There's the name of the film. And I went, and we'll have those for auction? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, that's the worst thing. No, 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 no. He said, worst I, thing. I said, no, well, that's no, like meeting your guy said, in Lyme Regis this week. I met the guy who donated some Formula One shirts yeah. to the, um, and I said, oh, what do you do in Formula One? And he's the inventor of the sleeves that warm all the, the tires. Blankets. The blankets. The hot that blankets. Wrap the, the, yeah. And that's his, that's what yeah, he thinks. Claim to fame. That's a big claim to fame. It's a big claim to fame. What I also love, he's got a, his registration number in his car is F1 Mad. F1 mad. He definitely is. Mm. He's a nice guy. Okay. So I nearly got some clapperboards, but not. Still winning on the uh, film memorabilia. But you're just about to send a, sell a, uh, an amazing painting. Stop it. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know exactly what you're doing. You're now building this up so that if it makes 50 quid, I'm going to have to announce that on the next podcast and look like a proper Charlie. I know what you're doing. I'm not. Yes, you I are. I want nothing more. And you be able to say... Don't even. I want nothing more than you be able to say, do you know what? Team sold a painting for 100,000 on Monday and I will be leading the charge. I will actually buy (laughs) pom-poms. So there's a a picture that will appear on Instagram. Yeah, I'll be taking that picture. I'll be having a moon for you. Yeah, but it will be just as funny if I've got it. Simon's having a really tough July. (laughs) 
Right, uh, we'll be back uh, with it? another episode. Yeah, mate, that's half an hour done. So keep firing in these questions. So we're answering questions on postage. Um, we're giving you an insight into things that we found, people have found and brought in and sold, and dead happy with, etc., etc., etc. And uh, we'll be back in a week's time with more ramblings. See ya. Ta-da.